these people are not pro-life, they're pro-religion. Oh, and yeah. they, they fought for this to be overturned because it goes against their religion. So now not only do I not have my own body autonomy, I'm now having someone's religious views being pushed on me. Mm. You're having to live under religious law. See, that's a red flag. <laughs> It's a red flag. Also, I, I don't think everybody's been like formally completely introduced. I'm, everybody knows everybody, yeah. but like Alvin, Evo, Alvin, Gina, Gina, Josh, uh, Evo, Josh. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. I'm, I'm pleasure. Eddie, Edward. If you're, you know, Mr. Overgold, if you're nasty, that kind of thing. Um, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's like I, I've always noticed that I've, I've really felt like white people really get a second chance more so than other groups. Like the number of white people that are like successful that have like some crazy ass youth story of like, mm -hmm. yeah, I was in prison yeah. and then I was addicted to this drug and I did this and that. Then I moved to New York and now I'm a fucking, um, you know, banker or whatever. It's like, man, I'm making 90 grand a year. It's like, man, everybody that I know who chances, has that, man. right. Every nigga I know that's got that first chapter of his story, <laughs> the last chapter looked this, like where you would expect it to be. And I'm, I'm not saying yeah, that those white people shouldn't get to do that, but. They don't have the, uh, they're not criminalized by the color of their skin. So like they have that advantage off the bat. Yeah. Do, so do you think it's just like, is it like the criminal justice element or is it people not being willing to give them a job because they've got a criminal record? Is it, is it like what, what elements of it is it? Because I guess it's everything. I, I just, I just seen something on, on TikTok where a, a mm. guy and in particular, he was talking about a, a story about a woman who was a black woman and she was educated worked for a pharmaceutical company for many years and then lost her job. She went and put her resume on monster.com, saw that she really wasn't getting the responses that she thought she would. Mm. So she tried a few things, you know, change around a few things on her resume and try to tweak her profile a little bit better and yeah. still with no result. So she just thought to herself, she started to kind of feel like that it may have been racial. Like, mm. like there was like a software program or the way that the algorithm for monster.com worked mm. that it was preventing her from opportunities so she created a whole nother profile changed her last name to like uh, white man or something like that mm. and um you know and put put her race like she was white changed her race changed her phone number and immediately she started to get yeah lit, she started to get lit leads and phone mm. calls and emails and job responses with the with, same resume with the same resume with the same exact that she resume. had as her being a black woman no, that shit is is real. I feel like I've heard that, that yeah. kind of thing replicated in like a bunch of like um John Bow, I think, at like to Ch the like Chicago University or whatever. He did this thing, the same he did the same thing, but he did it like vocally. So he would he would call up to a um a realtor to like find a place or whatever, and he could like perfectly do um a white standard accent, a black like sounding voice, and a Hispanic sounding voice. And he did each of those voices, didn't change any of the words that he was saying. Like he, it wasn't slang or anything like that. It was literally just the like that the timbre of the voice. Timber, yeah. Yeah. And the mm. differences was exactly what the fuck you would expect between those accents. That's yeah. actually what that movie Sorry Not to Bother You with Lakeith Stanfield uh, is about. Oh yeah. Love that white that, <laughs> that white yeah. voice is, is powerful. Voice. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I don't need you. You gotta put a little more air into it. Like you don't have a care mm -hmm. in the world. <laughs> That shit is true. Yeah, everybody, everybody code switches. It's very, it's a, it's a, it's like a small little tiny act of dominance. Like, no, you gotta, if, if you want respect, if you want to be treated as a person, if you want to, you know, sort of carry authority with you, you gotta speak 
like you look different and that's how you'll, you'll yeah. earn your place in this society. That's it's a, it's a small little thing, but like that code switching shit is, is low key quite um, degrading. I intentionally try not to do it. Mm. So do you, do you, do you fight, do you actively fight that or do you just don't bother? When you, when you are around a lot of white people that over time, eventually you sound differently. Like I remember going to undergrad and being around, around all these white people and did not go back home and people would say I talk funny. So like that kind mm. of shit. So I don't, I don't, I don't actively like code switch. The only, so for example, at work, I was literally telling another um, black man at work about this. The only thing I don't say at work is nigga. So my word choice stays the same. I try my hardest to keep the same voice. So I don't actively code switch, but I do think that like some natural like ebbs and flows and like how I, how I say shit obviously yeah. happens, but I don't have a white voice. Like I, I okay. intentionally say like, you know, you from Atlanta, not Decatur, nigga. So, like, go ahead and like, you know, make this shit happen. So, <laughs> that's something I very much respect about you, Alvin, because I feel like you, like, you've got a pretty distinctive, like, Atlanta, like, not even just Atlanta, but like a big country accent, and you're like you're one here. of the smartest niggas I know, and you don't ever like try and do that thing that people do where they try and like they buy into the idea that an accent has something to do with intelligence. So they switch it and it just like kind of reaffirms the stereotype. You're like, this is who I am. This is where I'm from. And yes, I'm smarter than you and more qualified in this thing. Let's get on with the work. So I appreciate that shit. Like I, it's very admirable because I definitely choose my words different. It's quite draining because the field that I work in, I'm going to say that it's dominantly filled with more Caucasians. Mm, Caucasians. And, um, yeah, and uh, I come from the hood, so I definitely have to code switch because I naturally just want to talk more street-like. Mm. I find myself saying no worries like 15 times a day. Yeah. No stress, buddy. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Yeah. It's a king. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's harder for women. One, the, the, some of the things that like my job, right? So like we're we're casual and shit now. So people at my job have started to like, co-op like my speech like my, my like my word choice see so like i say so like i say bet and like they'll be like okay bet or um i wear joggers and shit and like people have like made that like a thing now so like mm. there's like a joggers crew and shit and like we're wearing fucking <laughs> yeah like tech fleece joggers and shit every day now so like but i feel like a lot of like like black women especially don't get that same benefit of the doubt so i feel like black men oftentimes get to be like the cool guy Right. And, and and black women get mm. to, I mean, don't get that same like benefit. Right. They get they get. Do you, do you think so? Because I feel like black women also get imitated, but you feel like in the workplace they get more. Um, and Gina, maybe you can speak to this. Get more uh, controlled mm. and chastised rather than mimicked and uh, caricatured. Um, I personally feel that like we're held to a higher standard. So whereas, like, say, for example, Alvin was saying that in his workplace, there's they're more casual, right? Clothing wise. If I really adhere to like that casual clothing, I'm more than likely going to get looked at. So mm -hmm. I have to come in with like a little bit more just to be seen as an equal. And you think that's distinct from the way you see maybe black men being treated in that same environment? Um, personally, I always feel like there's a bro code. So whether it's Damn, a black the man, trumps racist. Oh shit! I, listen, <laughs> I, I, I I've seen it happen with Evo a lot. 
Yeah. Um, I actually used to work in a very male-dominated field. I used to work for in the automotive field. And as much as I thought I was broed up with these dudes, they would meet mm. Evo and just push me right to the side. Mm. So I think yeah, that bro code will always trump. Yeah, it's definitely not surprising. Well, it, okay. Yeah, it, it was interesting because, like, you, you worked there for a while before we even before we yeah. got together. And so she had tight relationships with a lot of the guys there. I mean, like they were, you know, they worked together and they hustled together, you know, selling stuff. And they were they were they were a unit. You know, I mean, I could tell when I when I went there how they were a team. But once they got once we got to know each other and I got to know them individually, like we broke up, you know. And then so, like, sometimes we would be out in places. Yeah, shots at the bar. They're looking for evil, not me. They're coming to get me. (laughs) And just not even nobody's even coming to get her. Like, like, but, you know, so. Yeah, I'm definitely probably maybe so guilty good. of that kind of thing. There's always a little bit of a barrier. I could see that like, going oh. both ways, though. Yeah. Because, I mean, I've experienced that, too, but just on with the shoe being on the other foot. Yeah. Like, it's also. Predominantly, well, it was predominantly women. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm cool with the ladies, but they meet, like, you know, a girl that I know or, like, just a girl comes up, and then it's like, oh, girl, oh, my God, I love your lashes. Just find yeah. anything to compliment, and then it's like they just welcome with open arms. And then they kind of like push me to the side and then they just having their girl talk. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I get what you're saying because it is bullshit. Like when it comes in the work, when the workforce and how that could affect you and your career, yeah. impact you and your career, that's bullshit. But I guess like when it just comes to um, being able to understand someone or just bond with someone, I, you know, I, I feel like it kind of, it can kind of go both ways, especially after 530 uh, you know when you off work, you know? Josh, I would definitely agree. I could definitely see that happening, but in the workplace, I definitely do think there's, it's, there's a, Slight, slight difference. Yeah. 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 I think there's definitely oh, yeah, a difference sure. between like, oh, you're a boy, I'm a boy, like let's talk about boy shit and like I'm yeah. now disrespecting you, the value that you bring as a woman to this workplace or the way you move because of the fact that you're not also a boy. So I think it's there's a little bit of a, I think maybe a gray area between those two things because I definitely relate to yeah, men definitely. differently than I do to women, but I try to not let that bleed into the way that I treat people, but maybe there's a, implicit bias or whatever but yo one thing i was gonna say about that code switching shit is i i don't think i'm like at a hundred but like i don't i don't operate at a hundred around whites because it sometimes feels menstrual there feels because because i feel like there's shit that i do around black people that's like tongue-in-cheek or making fun or like flamboyant that i don't i don't feel comfortable operating the same way is that just me or the piece that maybe eddie is is thinking about is that like when people like you and I come from the same place, um, there's a different level of connection. Mm. So the way that we might speak to each other is going to hold a different kind of weight Okay. versus just like someone we met at work. Yeah. it's. I, I guess what I'm getting at is kind of like if I, okay. So like if I like, so what Alvin said of like, if I go bet to somebody that's black and they say that back, it's like, okay, this is a, and under this is understanding whereas if i say it to somebody yeah. white and then they say the same thing back to me and now i feel like an animal in a zoo a little bit or i feel like they've taken something and copied it and i don't like feeling like that like i don't i don't say nigger around white people because yeah. i feel like the, it's it's giving the wrong energy even if they know they can't say it it's like i don't want them to feel like oh i'm down or like oh let me try that mm. or anything like that or like even even like like when i'm around black people we joke about being black on some nigga shit. Like, we'd be like, oh, you know, niggas, is, niggas are this way, niggas are that way. I don't talk like that around white people because it's, it's 
I don't want to be on display. And th that's what I'm getting at. Like, I feel like when I'm too black around white people, it seems like I'm, it feels like I'm putting on a show. Like, they're, like, they're, like you catch them taking notes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just operating. Like, it's yeah. two black people operating, and you see a crowd of white people like, oh, interesting. What? Dear God, that's fascinating. Oh, my goodness. You know? Smashing. And then you're like... Man, for, uh, and, then, and then I switch, and I'm like, okay, cool. Hello, everyone. Let's you know this is the meeting, because I don't want to be on that. So that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. I feel you. Y'all just I be taking it up in front of white a, people. Oh, okay. I just feel like, as you were saying that, do you feel like if there are white people watching you, do you think there's like a sense of envy there? Um, Maybe, but not Because like, every, everybody want to be black, but don't nobody want to be black type shit. Yeah, I think it's I think it's an imbalanced sort of envy. It's an it's the same kind of envy the envy that rich people have for poor people. Like they 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 mm. like the imagery, but they don't really they if they if they had the opportunity to trade, they wouldn't. You know what I mean? So they want they want the capacity yeah. to pick a little bit or go or observe or go. Oh, that's interesting. Or like, oh, niggas do do that. I mean, I I didn't really say niggas, but you know, you you said it kind of a thing as opposed to being like, <laughs> oh, I I genuinely wish that I were where you are and you were where I am. I don't I don't think that they have that kind of jealousy. I think they, it's the kind of jealousy that niggas have about women getting free drinks, but they know damn well they wouldn't trade places <laughs> with a woman. That's a good point. <laughs> oh, I, I never good. thought that, that men were jealous good. about us getting free drinks. What? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. You know how many times I wish I could that. go to the bar? I, you know how many times I wish I could go to the bar and just kind of bat my eyes and get a free drink? Right. Right. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen. Now you got to wiggle right. that dick. You what might is? get one. Who knows? <laughs> Yo. I was like, what is evil talking Maybe. about? I mean, I have gotten free drinks. Don't get me wrong, but typically, typically, if we're in if we're in an environment, right? If we're in an environment and the objective is to get free drinks, I'm deploying my wife. I'm saying, hey, babe, right. why don't you exactly. go ahead over there, and yeah. get, exactly. get us any drinks? <laughs> so, <laughs> come with a crew of women. I'm drinking for free the whole night. Ooh, yeah, exactly. That's, okay, I see. You gotta yeah, play to those drinks. You know? Just not at, at a different type of club, but it's, Eddie, it's, though, I get. Eddie, I'm on. <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm be that guy, man, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. So the code switch argument for you is a little bit different than the code switch argument for other niggas. So okay. I want to pre preface that by saying that you do not sound white to me because you have I like a deepness. So, yeah. in, you have okay. a deepness in your voice. Like that I immediately like identify as a nigga. But like, bro, your word choice and just like how you move through this shit, like your regular ass speech is, is most niggas code switch. So I, I think that like your mm. particular I think that your particular mm. brand of code switch is more it's a little bit more nuanced than, than the regular nigga I will say because you oh, your word your regular word shit is just like you, you you are you would be my code switch if I was code switching I would try to sound like switch to this I don't I don't I don't I think you're not taking into account how I joke like you're taking into account like maybe how I like construct an argument or like how I'm talking right now but you got to take into account the when I'm saying something goofy which is maybe nigga your 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 goofy your goofiness is shakespearean as fuck man i don't think okay. you i don't okay. think you put that into yo, perspective yo okay. 100% i agree with that <laughs> okay cool. you like yo eddie reads mad books yo <laughs> i don't I feel that. we got to stop we got to stop spreading this misinformation bro <laughs> i don't know how to read i never learned <laughs> I just listen <laughs> to mad TikToks in the background. I have it on. <laughs> Don't even finish Damn. the whole thing. Downplayed the hell out of that. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm not trying to. Yeah, no, I, got, I got a street reputation to uphold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the free drink thing comes with a certain dynamic. Like, if you was getting free drinks being bothered by people that you didn't want to deal with, 
mm-hmm. I, I'd rather be sober, right? Yeah, for sure. Like the drink ain't worth so. the nigga that comes with it, I would say. You know what? In some cases, I feel like some girls will take full advantage of that. Oh, that's a fact. I mean, we've been in situations. Yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. They will squeeze that for every drop that it's got, and and lead that man on to infinity, and just and at, and in the end, just just dump him off the edge. Do you think that's common? Because so, I feel like that's a that's a pretty common talking point. But I wonder the percentage of people, women, who are actually doing that. Gina, have you done this? You got kind of quiet. Uh, no. Okay. No, I got, I got. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. I'm quiet because I've seen it happen. Mm. And it's it almost feels kind of shameful as a woman because I'm like, this is the type of power that men can use against us. They can say mm. things like this. And it pisses me off because women a lot of times want to talk about independency and, you know, I don't need no man, but then we'll do shit like that. And then yeah. me as a woman, I get grouped up in that shit. Um, I like to buy my own drinks, so I don't have to worry about nobody bothering me. And that's just how I roll. But I've definitely seen it happen. Mm, it definitely does. That's a difficult one because I've, I've seen the counter argument to that being like, well, if I'm going to have to suffer, suffer under sexism, patriarchy, etc., I I may as mm-hmm. well figure out a way to use some of it to my advantage. Like, what's the phrase? Um, don't don't talk about what patriarchy is doing to you. Talk about what patriarchy can do for you. Kind of a kind of a stance. Mm. And I, I kind of understand where some people are coming from with that. Like when you think about like OnlyFans or any of that kind of sex worker or sex worker adjacent stuff, it's like, well, shit, niggas niggas are gonna do this anyway. Maybe I could get a bag off of it. Maybe I can kind of cushion my life and make it a little bit more uncomfortable because, you know, shit, I, you know, we getting constitutional rights. If I don't, somebody else will. Supreme Court. So, you know, yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't don't know that I agree with that, but I kind of see where they're a little bit coming from. Like, I can't change the laws. I can't change the whole society, but I can, in the meantime, I can make my paper with what these expectations are. So I don't know. I just feel like it still gives men ammo to point the finger at a woman and say, and say, you know, Bitches be like this. Is that woman's responsibility, though? And like, what do you mean? And their responsibility as far as like in the sense of like, I feel like I agree. Sometimes like women will have a certain shitty behavior at some percentage. Mm -hmm. And then men will use that as like a like the fresh and fits and the fucking roommates and the Kevin Samuels or whatever. will use that as fuel for like bitches be like X, Y, Z. And I'm wondering, like, is that even something that should be the responsibility of women? Like, oh, if my homegirl like kind of takes advantage of a guy by buying a drink that he, you know is that am i or is she and myself now responsible for the fact that these other niggas are going to kind of twist it as if women are really the primary problem in this environment you know what i'm saying i get what you're saying so i'm gonna say it's partially our responsibility because we can't change the way men look at us i feel like as women we can take control of that within ourselves if i set the example of i'm not the type of woman that wants to take advantage of men then maybe i can help another woman see it that way because a lot of times men are not going to listen to what a woman has to say about the way that they view us 
That's definitely true. That's definitely true. Okay, yeah, no, I can de- I can definitely see that um, for sure. But listen, I, I'm not hating on nobody getting a bag either. <laughs> I got to hate on some of it. I got to hate on at least a little bit. Because <laughs> some of it is like, I can't, I can never guilt somebody for the way that they survive or the way they get their money yeah. when it's needed. But it's also like, some of this stuff is like, I feel like a lot of OnlyFans folks or like sex worker folks, some of them have, not, I don't know if it's 50-50, I'm not going to say all, but some percentage I've seen have like a quite a deep disgust for their clientele, which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, mm. maybe there's an argument that the clientele are actually trash and that they're, they're bad human beings. You know what I mean? They're they're using their, their money in order to get sex from women and so they don't aren't deserving of decency. But I'm also like, I don't know, man. Like, I think you, there's something to you know, that, man. Like there was yeah, a, no, there was that's a, why that's why I'm conflicted. That's why I'm conflicted. There was a there was a conversation on Twitter, this was maybe a month ago, where it was we can't normalize sex work without normalizing the clientele and there's a disconnect between those two things. Like we're trying yes. to normalize sex work, but then the people who are the clients of sex workers are still very much like looked at as as less than as disgusting <laughs> people. I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just I know you're laughing at, at the chat. Message. I saw the, <laughs> I saw the same shit. Yeah. You're right. I completely forgot to introduce this whole we halfway through the fucking show. Welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag podcast, the number one sex worker normalization and dating podcast <laughs> in the universe. Joined today by Shit Talk Friday. Sorry guys. I don't hey. know how yeah, I'll edit this bitch together later. Evo, Gina, welcome to the pod. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Thanks for Yo. coming through. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. We just started talking, goddamn. <laughs> but that's a good sign. That's a good sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll I mean, just put, it, a, I'll it, put a footnote. If, if it feels good, you just go with it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Much like sex work. And it felt know? good. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> also much like sex work. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. And it's yeah, going to cost somebody, right. you know? It's co- um... <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, with the normalization of sex work thing, that's that's what always is in my mind. That we're like, de- sex work is work. Decriminalize sex work. Um, normalize it. Make it okay. Stop shaming. Stop the horophobia. Um, but there still seems to be a disconnect of, there still seems to be the sense that clientele purchasers of this thing are disgusting, not deserving of dignity, that their consent doesn't matter. That, 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 and I, I don't think that that's entirely, like, there's a way to make that make sense. Like you can, you can, you can distinguish the dealer from the user in decriminalization. And in the same way you can say the sex worker is not criminal, but the sex client is criminal. And so I don't know, maybe that's the direction that we're going in. And I, I see arguments for that, that, that hold weight where you go, no, no, it's, it's fine to do sex work. It's actually, but it's not okay to buy it. I see that argument being that, that argument does hold water, but I'm just not sure. It seems strange for people to kind of be so celebratory because they're not just saying, hey, don't shame us. They're saying it's imp- like some people are saying it's empowering and it's and we're celebrating sex work and there's a beauty to this industry. And I don't think you can say those things and simultaneously shit on the clients. I mean, without the clients, there would be no sex work. That's what I'm thinking. There's no there's no there is no industry without clients. There is no industry without people who want to purchase these goods. There is no, you know, OnlyFans girlfriend experience without lonely men particularly who want that connection. I don't know. I've seen I've seen lots of different takes on it because I've seen some people who have like a very holistic, like very like like they think of it as something quite spiritual that they're doing, that they're I've seen something like physical therapists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
where they feel like they're healing and helping someone. Yeah. You know, you know, so, you know, solving their needs and and mm. kind of looking at it in that aspect. Oh damn. Which I, a rub and tug is 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 uh is so healing. Mm. I mean, it can be. Never know. That might have saved somebody's life one day. Like I'm pretty sure a rub and tug have saved many <laughs> niggas' lives that you do not know the name of. Yeah. It's like I don't. Yeah, because I think we think of sex is so nasty that it's like, oh, if you sell it, I think maybe that's even part of the horophobia stuff. Is like, but it's like, like what a therapist usually does is what a friend does. So a therapist is kind of selling you something like pseudo friendship for an hour and a half at a time. A sex worker is also selling you some form of intimacy in the form of a subscription or a session or whatever the fuck. So the ones that take a spiritual element to it of like, I'm not just, a, I'm not a, a hooker or a prostitute or a whore or any of that. I'm like a, I'm a sexual healer, like. I also very much see where they're coming from with that take. That's like an added level of service right there. Mm. Yeah, but that's what high-level escorts do. Like, literally, like, that's what separates themselves from just, like, an average trick on the street. Really? Not a trick on the street, but, like, yeah, like a, yeah, a prostitute. Like, <laughs> they provide, like, a whole... I think whole... you just say full-service sex worker now. I think that's the... It's like African-American, you know? I don't give a fuck. But they... Um... <laughs> okay. Be careful. <laughs> they, um... All right. Um, I mean, she, okay. Yeah, no, what, that's what, what was the words you used, buddy? What was the words you no, used? No, I'm I sorry. Well, I was, <laughs> <laughs> but like, just that full service of like an escort, like you know, that you call and like they show up in like a Uber XL, something like that. Like mm. they actually provide like the more of that full service. Like I'm here with you for the entire night. Like I'll go to a, you can take me to a ball or like an event, and yeah. then something mm. like that, or like even like a gigolo. Like they mm. provide more of yeah. a high, higher standard of that sexual services, more companionship. Funny thing is, you know, following what you're saying, I've I've heard of like like high status men hiring escorts to take to events as dates to help them work the room, and not even not even be like a like a um, like a sexual thing. Mm. Just you know, a woman by your side that looks really good that can kind of soften an environment where you may need to penetrate as far as like maybe business wise or you know or throw somebody off their kilter you know and by having this beautiful woman with you and really extracting some type of business or information out of someone you know and using escorts in that sense yeah there's like a, a secret weapon mm, yeah there's a lot of services like that there's like like people who are hired out to be fr like your friends like this is a nigga in japan who just he makes all of his money by just being like i heard that hired i've out seen to that just, I've yeah seen that. To just hang with people, yeah. like I'm just here. What, what's what? I forget. What he calls himself. He's like a nothing man or something like that. He just hangs around you, yeah, nothing, something like, like that. to eat with you, to just sit, to like chill, just just have a warm and it's like body. A thing next out there. To you. Yeah, I mean, we. <laughs> I wonder if it really is a thing or if it's just that one nigga. But like, I feel like when Western <laughs> culture gets a hold of th something that any Japanese person does, it's just like they're crazy over there. But it's just it's just one crazy motherfucker. I, I'm not, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about this, but I, I think that it has something to do with the such a large population living in such confined spaces that a lot of people end up living solitude lives oh that's that's and definitely so, a fact and so hiring a friend you know it's something it's like a popular thing where you could just you know hire somebody to eat with you for a little bit so you're not eating by yourself and just have a conversation with or you maybe even not say nothing but just be in company with somebody so you're not you're just not alone i could definitely see the value of it like and, yeah, and i don't sure. think there would be anything shameful about like doing it so yeah i'm not i don't Yo, know where evil, it, man Evo, I got to say this, man. You do you do this amazing thing. You've done it several times where you say, like, oh, you know, I, 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 I don't know for sure. And then you say, like, this, like, super, like, detailed, like, well thought out, like, research back thing. You're like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know for sure. But let me just, like, 
let me just like lay out like some literature, <laughs> like some yeah. it's a, some real scientific it's a shit for y'all. Real, <clears throat> it's a disclaimer I got to put out, you know, because te- tr- truthfully, a lot of it is just advice. based on my you know, like my little bit of experience that I that I know. I don't really do like no in depth research, you know. But he just did it again right now. Yeah. Yo, real talk. Footnotes, a bibliography. <laughs> You got a little bit of my secret sauce there. A 2021 study <laughs> on the revealed show, the following. <laughs> I started calling him Guru Evo. Mm. He'd just be going off. <laughs> got big brains. Glad to have it. So what's your, what's your take <laughs> on, uh, you know, as as somebody deeply impacted by the, the, the new legislative uh, event, Evo, Ooh. what do you think about the Roe v. Wade uh, getting overturned? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's a, as the, that's as a the deep key one. Honestly, impacted. Honestly, I didn't I didn't think it was going to happen. To be honest with you, I felt that them overturning this decision would like put such a stain on the um on the judicial system and the history of of the way that you know mm. these decisions were made. And that now it just opens up Pandora's box. It opens up like this. Now what else can we overturn? What else can we can we undo and unwind? Like this these were like decisions that were like they were etched in stone and they were just never touched. And now it's like, where the fuck do we go? Oh, you know? yeah. You know, it's. I feel like it's. I feel like yes, it's. It's crazy in itself that they over that they overturned it. But now that they did, it's like they just opened up an avenue of the ability to overturn other shit and just. And I'm scared of that. Like Bruce that was. Wall, that man. was. I. I felt that because of that, because of you know, like they weren't gonna allow that to happen, and that, that because they did. Um, just shows how wrong I was, and now, and I'm, now I'm I'm actually very concerned about what this power that they they possess, what they can do with it. They showed us already. Yeah, and so if this is the beginning, I I just I'm I'm thinking already like, you know I, I mean I you know it's sad to say that I'm thinking beyond this already because I'm like if they starting with this, like what are the plans now, you know? And as far as like the actual overturning of Roe v. Wade, my heart goes out to all of these women that are affected by this, you know, like I'm a very big advocate about women um, being praised for what they do as far as giving life and, and the things that they put their bodies through, you know, just to be mothers. Um, and that, that should be respected. So, you know, I was, I'm I, at the beginning, I was very speechless about it. I was very like, I didn't even know how to feel because one, I'm not a woman, you know? So like, I tried to just like sit in my thoughts and, really imagine what a woman would be going through right now and to think about it is just heartbreaking honestly i didn't mean to pull it down like that but you know it's uh not at all yeah it's a it's a it's a tough subject but what are you like what are your thoughts on it i mean i would love to hear that because uh yeah i don't know what's the what's the room feeling right now what do we think alvin gina josh I, think I is, want to hear from a woman, personally. Uh, yeah. I was thinking uh, that. I was actually, thinking that. Actually, yeah. Let's, let's go there first. Let's, <laughs> let's give space for that. Um, I'll be honest. This subject is kind of hard for me to talk about because my initial feeling is rage. Um, I have a daughter. I have friends who have daughters. I have... I'm... A, I'm obviously a woman. I have many female friends. And the fact that we now no longer have the choice to say, this is my body and this is 
what I choose to do with it just makes me feel like as a woman, we are going backwards. And now what do I do for my daughter and all of these other women that I know for them not to feel that way? Like, I almost kind of feel lost. Yeah, because it's like there's not really a path like like you're you're having to, you're taking a step backwards so even a step forward is like mm-hmm. to where it should have been so it's like and it seems like such a because it's like a supreme court decision it seems like such a behemoth of a thing to try and fight back against like you got to protest to get a law at the highest court changed back otherwise you just try and figure out the best way to do what you can with the new shit and and that's my thing like where do we even start yeah yeah it it's, just it's be yeah it like they feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel and it's um i honestly like can't even collect my thoughts around it because i just honestly just feel rage <laughs> yeah that, that's that's totally i'm rich. sure you're not alone I, yeah i think a lot of people are probably feeling that way because i mean it all it's all given very handmaid's tale type shit because it's like it definitely seems like the like the end of an era or the beginning of a new one whichever one is more scary but it feels like if this, then what? Is it birth control next? Is it other things? Like, are, can other kinds of laws start to be made? Um, yeah. Is there a greater reason for this? Because, like, not to get conspiratorial, but it's like, is there a motivation beyond just the, like, political ideology of abortion and where life starts and shit like that? Or is this, like, a, a calculated push to increase, the out, like, the, the, the population output of women? You know what I mean? I don't I heard think about some yeah, other reason. Okay. So the reason why why I don't think it is is because of the private entities that have expressed pro-abortion sentiment. So, and I and I, Eddie, we'll talk about this one. We'll talk about this one afterwards. But has been on record saying that they don't have enough labor. That they're not going to have enough labor to staff their company by 2024 like they're running Mm. out of labor so if there's any company that wants to push a population boom it's and it's also come out very strongly saying we're we're pro-choice we'll give you you know all of your benefits to travel to a state where you can get an abortion if you need one we'll give you time off i think i saw say the same thing said the same thing said the same thing um like again companies that rely on on labor on on their, their people businesses yeah. have said the same thing. So I don't, I don't, tr- and they're also among the biggest political donors. So I don't necessarily think that it's more than an ideological thing. I think it's literally just like a it's just few people who are Bible thumpers and have okay. misinterpretations of shit that pushed an agenda yeah. based on their own ideological okay. beliefs. Okay. That's personally, um, I tried to put myself in the other position which is someone who considers themselves pro-life and from this little bit of digging that i did it seems like these people are not pro-life they're pro-religion and they 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 fought for this to be overturned because it goes against their religion so now not only do i not have my own body autonomy i'm now having someone's religious views being pushed on me Mm. definitely you're having to live under religious law. Correct. Where that's supposed to be, you know, church and state are supposed to be separated. But now there's like a direct link. And anybody who says otherwise is full of shit. 
That's scary where that could go. I mean, it's. I mean, what has already happened is scary because I'm thinking about like what the next, and I don't know like how this uh, manifests at like the state level. Like, because I mean, like you said, mm-hmm. there are companies that are are funding their workers going to different states and stuff. So I'm assuming there. It's not like no woman in America can get access to it, but now it's going to become inc- like over time, it's going to become harder and harder and harder. Um, what the next ten years are going to look like for like. I mean, for children's outcomes, because it's going to be a lot of kids that don't have the resources that they might have otherwise had because they, their mother didn't have, you know, the option to, to terminate the pregnancy. A lot of women whose, like, earning ability and, like, economic power is going to be reduced just, a, yeah, over the next so two right, years, it seems like it'll be. Yeah, so so right now, unless, so the the next target, and, and Clarence Thomas wrote about three specific cases <laughs> in his in his concurring opinion but Griswold is going to be the next target the right to contraception so if that mm-hmm. becomes the case then it becomes more difficult but right now we're in the phase where it's a it's an organizational thing because now you can just work with grassroots organizations to get women where they need to be there's a plan that um, Elizabeth Warren um, put forth where you could just start clinics on federal land and there's federal land in every single state so as opposed to like having to travel to New York you can just travel to another city perhaps um, so right now it's it's bad, but it's it's something that people can organize around and it becomes a community effort. Um, what you see going into midterms and then in the next presidential election is this looks like this looks like America pre-1973, where there's a federal abortion ban where like you can't get it anywhere legally. Mm, yeah. So I think that I think that's the fear. And then again, if they attack Griswold, now I no longer have the right to contraception. So that that's that's what I think the the worry is. That's what my worry is. Do those two things seem likely? That there's a federal abortion ban? Yeah. <sighs> Increasingly, man. Like I mean, okay. so 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 they're not going to have a supermajority in in any given point. It's, the map doesn't look like like the people that are proponents of that have a supermajority anytime soon. But what you see in this case is they don't have the same respect for the rule of law that the Democrats seem to have. So what I anticipate happening is that, you know, you get a, you get a GOP president, you get a GOP majority and you get the filibuster abolished, which is something that our current um, democratic Congress has been reluctant to do. So if they abolish the filibuster, then they can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, But there's this whole thing where it's like, Oh, you know, it's, it's president and, and all this kind of shit that the Democrats seem to hold them to, but um, the GOP people, as evident by the Supreme Court, don't seem to give a shit about that. And so they can get stuff done by just sort of steamrolling through what would be like. Yep, they can, they can get it. They can get it done without the supermajority needed to yeah. to end a filibuster. And that and that further that further proves my point. If you're going to restrict potentially access to contraceptive, what is that rooted in? That's rooted in religion. Oh yeah. So like further proves my point. I mean at that point I like that that seems like it'd be so difficult to to make the argument for like the abortion thing is insane but but banning contraception at any level that seems even more insane. But like because now you're like you're you're definitely no longer talking about preserving life at that point. Like like you can't Yeah possibly make that argument at that point you're, you're talking about something totally different you're talking about like the the divine need to create children or something like that or fuck i mm-hmm. guess this is the way that it would be because this is how it would like in abstinence only kind of schools when they teach this the the argument that you use is not 
we're trying to increase pregnancies, but that we don't want to normalize sex and that having access to contraceptions normalizes sex out of wedlock. And uh, like that, <laughs> the argument is that contraceptive contraceptives cause pregnancy. And so by banning them, you're preventing unwanted pregnancy, <clears throat> which makes no sense. But that's, that's the argument that, that would be made, which is actually kind of scary because I think that could actually definitely work. You know what I just, just thought of, right? So just imagine if they did ban contraceptive. I feel like we would have another baby boom. Mm. And what did that do for the economy? Was it good? Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean it was, yeah, okay, yes, yeah. it was, it was, it was great for the economy. Yeah. So there may could, be, yeah. I mean, if you think, if you want to like throw conspiracies out there, I mean, that, that sounds like, like a legitimate hidden agenda. I, yeah. And like, I know we said that the companies are, pro but I'm, I'm, I'm very curious about, and again, maybe we're just getting conspiratorial and it's just, it is what it is, but. Oh yeah. We absolutely are going that's down the rabbit hole. That's economics though. That's economics. That's yeah, yeah. it is. That, that, that's a thing. That's a thing. I mean, it is a thing like the government might be thinking about those kinds of things, even if the companies themselves aren't thinking about that, like 18 month month out or sorry, 18 year out, you know, outcome or even the six year out outcome. And I'm also wondering if those companies are like because companies say they, for that triple bottom line of like being woke enough while, you know, also using, you know, slaves or whatever labor like they'll, they kind of say anything but i'm very curious about where their dollars actually go or don't go you know what i mean because you can give a little tiny donation to you know to, to kind of have a token like oh we support pro-choice but really we're making sure that we're not going to stand in the way of this thing getting passed you know or overturned because we know in 20 years it's going to give us a bunch of workers or even now it's going to cause a boom in the the demand for baby related products that we're selling or whatever the fuck but again Maybe it's conspiratorial thinking. I don't know. There is like numbers that have, I don't know. I saw this. Some, I saw this shit on TikTok. So yeah. Hey man, that's, that's my news source. <laughs> Listen, Indeed, TikTok is a, is a very valid news source nowadays. <laughs> hey, motherfuckers be having word. having for real citations and shit. Like it's some it's some smart people, you know, doing information on there. But yeah, the birth rate has decreased for the first time in however many decades. Mm. And that was like a big cause for alarm. And that, that goes back to what Evo and Alvin was saying about, like, you know, the economy. And that was one of his theories and what he was saying um, before the even before the Roe versus Wade, you know, decision was overturned. He was basically saying that the due to the numbers of like the birth rate, since it's decreasing now, they are this could be like a, a hidden agenda of them overturning that rule or excuse me, that law. And you know, what's funny, though. The funny thing is that, so I, so I get I get what what birth rates decreasing mean when you look at like a, a an outlook future future slate for the economy in terms of like the tax base in terms of like paying for social programs. I mean like you know like social security is basically a fucking Ponzi scheme. So think of it in in like those those aspects of it. Somebody has to pay in, so you're getting mm -hmm. less people paying in over time. That kind of stuff. It it has ripple effects. So I get it. There's a very simple way to solve all of that for most developed countries. Immigration. <laughs> Just that's that that is how that is how you get a, that is how you get around that, right? So like you just you just allow people to freely move into your, into country. your country. That's what yeah. the yeah, that's what the EU was all about. The EU cuz like birth rates have fall, fall, fell in Europe first. So what they did was mm. they just allowed free consistent movement across all of those borders to try to get around the fact that they were doing that. So like 
Which is, I believe that's what the Democrats are trying to do down south, is just open up the borders, right? I mean, I feel like that that was a thing for a moment. Um, we're parents of Gen Z children, and mm. we have a lot of conversations about what they see their future looking like. And a lot of these younger generations are talking about not wanting kids. Oh, yeah. Because of, because of the world that they've seen bef- before them. And now that they've, taken away Roe v. Wade, don't you think that that would further, like, perpetuate that type of idea? Like, girls are going to be afraid. Young women are going to walk around with this sense of fear that they can be criminalized if they accidentally get pregnant, then they may just abstain from it completely, which will then further minimize how many pregnancies there are. That's one, you know, way to look at it. But, I mean... I mean, who's to say which way which way it would go? Yeah. What is this, day two? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's that's part of it, and I definitely think that there will be a lot of women who are really – but I think maybe we kind of have to take into account that, like, everybody doesn't have the privilege to be that, like, tuned in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, of, like, to, to kind of think about their body and their childbearing and, and the political atmosphere and the impact of all of those things as they're going through their dating life. Like, I don't, I, I think, I think the majority of people really aren't on that wavelength. So a lot of people are still going to be out here doing what they did anyway, fucking as, as they were and, and as is their right. And then they're going to get slapped in the face by a shifting political landscape. And yeah, so so yeah, so I think there'll be like a, a small percentage of people who are like, I'm gonna be really, really way more strict about my birth control and da 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 da, and I'm afraid to have sex and all this kind of stuff. But I think the majority of people are gonna get slapped on the other side of that because they're just gonna be living their lives as they as they should be able to. But then the government is gonna come in and tell them that they can't get that abortion that they thought that they, that they now realize they need. Yeah. Not to make well, it's a double edged sword. Yeah. How how old is your is your daughter, by the way? Uh, she's eight. Okay. Yeah. Are yeah, having I'm those conversations about at, at eight at eight years old? Like they're having like those cognitive thoughts of like I don't know if I want to be a parent. Like your your child is saying that, that she doesn't know if she wants to be a parent while she's at eight years old. Yes, hundred percent. My daughter's dream. He's my daughter's different. dream adult life is to live alone, have two huskies, and like live in some sort of like forest environment. Okay. She avidly speaks about that. And is that, that shit. that's that's why. So is that is that because I feel like it's two ways that that <laughs> could arise. Mm-hmm. Is that like is she still in like cootie phase or is she just blown to like like master's degree in gender studies level kind of political awareness? Because I feel like both sides of that could result in that. What's, dream what's life, that young you know girl I mean? who like talks about like uh, the environment? Greta Thunberg. She, yes, she oh, is. Is she yeah. like a mini Greta she Thunberg. Has, like? She's still, she's definitely still kind of in the cooties phase, but she has a level of awareness that most girls her age don't have, don't. and that's okay. because we, we as a family, um, we we speak very openly. You know, the boys, they have a a, a platform to speak about what it is that they're feeling f- freely without judgment from us. Or without, or for without them feeling like they don't have a voice in this house. So we have a lot of real conversations with our kids, hmm. um, and some, and a lot of times she's if she's in the room, she's in the room. Like we don't, we don't shoo her out. Like she can't be part of the conversation, or like she's not part of this family. Um, so she's heard a lot of adult conversations. Yeah, yeah. I fuck with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As eight is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about 
none of that. I was thinking about a lot of things, but nothing like that right. <laughs> at eight, I don't yeah. think. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking oh, about we actually spoke to her yeah. about the whole whole Roe v. Wade thing. So you, you have had those conversations with her? Or, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in a way where we understand that we're talking to an eight year old, you know. So she gets okay. she gets we give her like the eight year old version of it. It's not like a like a conversation that you and I would have, you know, like in the, in this in this like in this dialogue. Um, but we try to help her understand, you know, some of the realities of of what what's going on. Yeah, in, in, you know, look like in society. Because eight eight years uh, old is the, like third grade, right? Well, uh, she's entering third grade. Entering third grade. Okay. So so a second grader entering into third grade. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. like, how do you – because when I think about Roe v. Wade, it's like all of the things connected to it are very adult. It's sex, sexuality, it's childbirth is where that comes from, da 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 And so I'm wondering, like, can you walk us through kind of y'all's process for what that looks like yeah. to translate that to a, a prepubescent, an eight-year-old? Um, I'm wondering if any of you have ever seen that movie Captain Fantastic. Yes. Okay. With uh, Viggo Mortensen. So, correct. So did you see that scene in the movie where his daughter asked him about rape? Um, I, I, I don't remember it. I, I do remember like the, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. So um, in that scene in that movie, I was blown away by how he was able to have that conversation with his daughter. And basically what he did was he just made the conversation very black and white. This is okay. when a man does this to a woman without her consent. So that's the same way we approach these type of conversations with our daughter. Mm. We just make them very black and white. So when we spoke to her about Roe v. Wade being overturned, we explained to her that there are times that women will become pregnant and choose not to want to follow through on that pregnancy. So at that point in time, if they make that choice, they'll go ahead and not have that pregnancy by terminating it. And that and that choice is being taken away, which is a which is a problem. And it's literally just like that. And then we open it up for her to have questions. And a lot of the times, her questions I think would kind of shock you because they're very more so like, why would somebody do that? Mm. She's not really even questioning the information that we're giving her. She's questioning why those type of things are happening. Yeah. Like why, like why, like it doesn't even make sense to her why that choice would be removed Correct. sort of thing because she's coming from, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I, that like the way you even put it just like very straightforward is yeah. pre- like this is what pregnancy is. You have a baby. It grows in your body. You sometimes don't want to, you know, have that baby. So you terminate it while it's still a pregnancy and the government mm-hmm. wants to make it such that you don't have the right to, to do that with your own body. Wham, bam pretty clear explanation yeah we I, we just we just feel like that if she's if she's asking that's an opportunity to um to give her some information that she's actually being receptive of definitely um so you know we see those as opportunities to to give her um knowledge that it's 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 important that that she's wants to receive it you know mm. so like it's like for example like if you if you were if you just pull it to the side one day and say hey do you you know do you understand what's going on in this government right now there's a thing you know like and you're trying to give a kid yeah, information yeah, yeah. that they <laughs> yeah. have no interest in you know yeah. it's just gonna they're gonna be like what the hell you know and it's just right. gonna be useless you know so yeah. every opportunity that we have that can... yeah every opportunity that we have where she seems curious and wants to know something then we're gonna have a real conversation about it with her you know and try to explain it to her best as possible we don't really try to like you know 
oh, you're too young for this information or like, mm. you know, kind of like just shoo her away. Like some, you know, I know I have been, you know, in my life oh, yeah, as, a, as a child talking. where I may have asked something and they're like, you know, thinking that I'm too young to understand. We try not to do that with her. We try to give her the information that she's asking for. I love that. The idea of like, like, let's, let's cultivate that curious like if you're curious yeah. about something this is we might not ever get this opportunity again because if i try exactly. to yeah. tell you when you're not curious you don't give a fuck about that shit but if you go hey yeah. i actually want to know about this thing fucking hell yeah that's a great that's the exact right time to give a child some information who, whose right. attention man might otherwise not be in your favor exactly that's i know i like that a lot i like that a lot i, I was also wondering um because y'all have two grown or near grown or just about grown boys is that right oh no there we have a 25 year old and 19 year old okay so so young adult sons are <laughs> is this anything that y'all have because i know i definitely got lots of pregnancy conversations and things like that and obviously it's a different sort of other side of a coin kind of a thing but is that something that mm -hmm. y'all have those conversations or oh yeah um <laughs> yeah i want to say that to what Eva was saying, it's it's a very open floor in our house when it comes to these type of things. I also don't want to be shy about these things that happen to women mm. around young men because then they're going to go out in the world and they're going to be ignorant about it. So if I'm on my menstrual, my, my boys are going to know so that when they then are with a young woman, they can understand what that means. So we're yeah. not shy about that. Cause that's what, yeah, like being around human beings is like knowing mm -hmm. how a human being functions, like men and women included. It's yeah. I, so I, I definitely fuck with that. Cause I think a lot of times we kind of separate people so much that they don't see each other as people. Like this is what happens with this person. It's not, it's not nothing like completely otherworldly and alien. It's like, this is just part of what being a human being is like half of people yeah. do this. Like, yeah. So what's interesting is that the, the us, constantly repeating these opportunities right where we see that the boys are curious about something and we give them the information that they're looking for over time it's created um it's created a a, um, a relationship where now they they come to us they seek this information yeah you know yeah. what i mean so now it's like you know over time that's real shit whenever yeah whenever we saw those opportunities you know we we, we took them so and 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 if you can, th like, what I think about is, like, you know, my when my mom had the conversation with me about, like, sex, I didn't ask her about it. She just decided one day to, like, sit me down and talk to me about it. And it was weird. You know what I'm saying? And so I never, ever, like, really, like, like went to her for, for advice because, like, it was just weird getting advice from her, you know, about mm -hmm. life. She made that weird. You know, so over time, because like we, we every time we saw an opportunity where they were interested, we sat them down and we gave them the information that they were that they were looking for. It's created this dynamic to where now we are constantly having these conversations about life and things that most kids wouldn't talk to their parents about. Yeah, real talk today, me and my son, the 19 year old, I was driving him to a convention. He was telling me about how he's flirting with a girl at work. And I was asking him how he goes about doing that. Just to kind of like pick yeah. his brain. That's a, that's a, cause it can, if, if I, and I don't know if the implication, if I'm reading the implication there, right. But like, I feel like there's a thin line between somebody thinks something is flirting and it not being exactly that. Is that kind of what the, yeah, the subtext correct. was there? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's a, 
I definitely understand wanting to do that question of like, are you 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 sure you flirting, big are dog? You sure? just, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so we know what's going on. Because does this she young really lady like know? you, or are you being weird? Because <laughs> yeah. that um, could happen. And absolutely, oh man, it's absolutely. I think Why? I mean that's that's a whole other <laughs> big conversation because I feel like workplace romance is way like real complicated and we need like a we need a whole cultural shift on what that even looks like but i think it definitely starts with at least the conversations of making men specifically everyone but like 85 percent men um just a little bit more aware of like hold on is this wanted like are yeah. we on the same energy in this in this interaction yeah. so, um don't confuse her being nice with her flirting with you Right, right, like she literally is being paid to have to be next to you. Like it's not exactly Correct. the same thing. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, my yeah. I, okay, I we we need to get to to wrap it, but I'm definitely very curious about <laughs> where like what folks' rules are. So does anybody have any any tips? Like yeah, like or maybe even did you tell your son like here's a good rule of thumb or anything? Because I've got my little tips on that kind of stuff. I just told him as long as she is kind of the one engaging the conversation. Mm. Um, because a lot of the times young women will feel that men are approaching them unwarranted. Mm. So if she's the one starting the conversation, then flow with it. And I think you also kind of like asked him a few questions um, in regards of trying to confirm was she actually flirting? And he was able to give you uh, the answers that you were looking for, yeah. where you as a woman acknowledge, oh, she was like, down. Oh, yeah, she's I was like, she's yeah. definitely she was flirting. Proud. Like, she yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 she was choosing. <laughs> she was choosing on my boy. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory yeah, in the was. evening shift. <laughs> yeah. She was ready. <laughs> yeah, no, I fuck with that. Yeah, because my my rule of thumb is kind of like um like you can make you can make one like uh, pass or overture or like sh- shot mm-hmm. shooted uh, or shot shot. Yeah. And but then after that, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? right? Shoot it, 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 shoot Back that thing in twain. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I guess my I guess my go-to is you can ask her out for drinks socially once, and then if it's a no or like a maybe or anything like that, you just don't ask again. But then she's got the opportunity to ask if it was like not the right time or anything like that. So that's I, I think that's until otherwise corrected, I feel like that's my go-to. I like that. You put the ball in her court. Yeah, yeah, because it's like I'm not gonna ask twice. Because twice is crazy. Like once you ask twice, you're now in a situation where you're no, you're now divorced from whether or not this person is interested or not. Like you're now you're acting without waiting for any kind of feedback of their interest, and that's like literally the building blocks of harassment. Like if you asked and they went, "Oh, I'm busy on Thursday," cool. Don't say shit about it ever again in that workplace. You got the one time, and that's it. That's my that's my go to. Right, because um, in that moment, if she was really interested, she would have gave you the alternative right then and there. Like, I'm busy on absolutely. Thursday, but I'm free Friday. Absolutely. Know? She would give um, an alternative. Yeah. Or, and, and look, and this also happens of, of like, it can be slightly more complicated than this, but I feel like men try and wedge in on, on, on the gray area too much, where it's like, she might have wanted to, but maybe she was busy, or maybe she didn't know you well enough yet, or maybe she was like seeing another nigga at the time, and you know, so that she might have actually been very interested, but... 
she said no in that moment and later would or whatever. But it, that's not your job to try and parse out and figure out like, oh, well, actually, she wanted to say yes. But if I ask twice, she'll, you know, that kind of it's not your job to wear her down or figure out the ulterior motives behind why she if it's if it's not and leave it in that in that court because yeah. nine times out of ten she probably just wasn't feeling you that much yeah, a That's lot of guys question. will be on their 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 jim carrey dumb and dumber shit where they're like so you're saying there's a chance exactly exactly <laughs> and i feel like a lot of niggas definitely trying because like they're not wrong like i feel like sometimes like a lot of times there is like a little bit of a chance or there might be some amb- some ambivalence or something like that but a lot of times it's like why why would you want the hard sell anyway why would you want to to risk yeah. that one in ten that actually when she said she didn't want to go out for drinks, she actually really did or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, just let it go. Yeah, it's you it's know? called being desperate. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, but some men some men like that challenge. No, but I'm saying it's like a lot of men are, they're like, they're desperate in the opp- in, in trying to uh, create an opportunity when there's one that's not, it's not obviously available. Okay. Yeah, and I understand what, God damn, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're being attacked over there, bro. You're, <laughs> your plant's not having it. <laughs> I put it in a precarious position earlier, so it's not really, like it's it's propped up against the window pane. So, but anyway, we're about to wrap this shit up anyway. So, look, if um, if you see the government slowly crouching in on your your you know constitutional rights to bodily autonomy, uh, taking away your right to abortion, you may be seeing a red flag. But if you um, if you start the fucking podcast halfway through, nobody knows what the fuck's going on. You got two guests. <laughs> Might be you just waving the red flag. It's been waving the red flag podcast. It's been Shit Talk Fridays. Um, we'll see everybody next week. Um, before we do the, you know, whatever, do y'all got some stuff to drop? Like, where should people follow you, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, you can find us at Shit Talk Fridays on YouTube. You can find us at SD Fridays on TikTok. And uh, this was awesome. Like, I'm going to miss you guys next yeah. week. Great hey. conversation. Thank Definitely you so much for it. coming through, guys. Very yeah. much appreciated. Very much appreciated. Fantastic conversation. And, uh, you know, obviously, everybody, if you want to come through on the Patreon beforehand to watch us live as we talk to guests or just chat shit or just get set up, come through. You also get bonus episodes um, for this episode. Like, subscribe. Let us know, you know, what you think about everything that we said down in the comments section. And we'll see you all next week. Any final closing remarks? Anybody? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Raven the Red Flag. Shout out Shit Talks. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Most knuckle gang. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to ask y'all. Yeah, we, maybe we need to do this next time because Josh and me was having an argument about the difference between a milf and a cougar, and it's getting a little mm. bit heated because I think people. Are I would love to get terms. into that. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll we'll save that one for next time, and uh, y'all, you can you can look up some sources. You know what I mean? Gather up some TikToks and Wikipedia articles. We come to the conversation <laughs> next time. <laughs> All right. We'll be ready. It's a red flag.